Welcome to the Every Nation Rosebank Church Podcast. At our church, we honor God, make disciples, and transform nations. For more information about our church, visit everynationrosebank.org and don't forget to subscribe. Good morning, family. Uh, at least I can see you. I see you. I see you. And those online, good morning. Thank you for joining us. What a joy it is to be in person again. I know we're limited to 50, but this is the remnant for the Lord. And even those that are online, thank you for joining us. We know that uh, we are together in the Spirit. Amen. So uh, this morning, before we go to the Word, I want to take time to have a family moment and to pray for those who've lost their loved ones. But specifically, I want us to pray for uh, the Hoffman family, the Party family, and the Katombe family. Uh, some of you would have heard that we unfortunately uh, heard of the passing away of uh, Lennon Hoffman, who used to be a kids' church minister in this church, and also together with Letty, they went to Kenya and served as ministers there. And uh, we saddened by the passing away of our dear brother, friend, and minister of the gospel. However, we also know that God knows better than all of us. God knows better than all, all of us. He's sovereign. He's above and we believe right now he's going to minister peace over this families. Amen. Let us pray. Father God, we want to take time and mourn with the Party family, the Katombe family, and the Hoffman family. Father, we pray that you will be with them in this time. This time that is challenging when we don't have answers. We can only look to you, Father God. Father, we also want to pray for those who have lost their loved ones in this uh, trying times, Lord God. We know that we are not alone. You are with us, Father God. Your grace is sufficient for us, Father God. And your hand is with us, Father God, through the storm, through the rain. Just as we prayed and worshiped this morning, we know that you are with us. In Jesus' name, amen. So friends, uh, it is my joy to, to announce to you that for the very first time in the history of every nation, Rosebank, we are live streaming. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. We want to thank you all for your faithfulness in giving and for those who gave specifically for the streaming equipment. We are grateful for that. I want to share two testimonies with you to remind us of the goodness of God, to remind us of the faithfulness of God. If you can put up those two pictures on the screens, uh, these uh, couple of pictures, they remind me of the faithfulness of God. You'll see uh, on the left there, we have food being delivered. But I want to tell you a story of this food delivery. You know, with crisis response team, we've been helpful to those who are in need, whether it's through COVID or through the unrest. A week ago, I got a call from a lady who used to work for this church. She's retired now. Uh, most of you will know her very well, Mom Lizzie. And she said, you know, we have been affected by the unrest in Alexandra. She lives in Alexandra. Can you guys be able to help us? And guess what? As I was uh, interacting with the CRT to see how we can get food to them, and the Every Nation Church in Alexandra, because she's part of the Every Nation Church in Alexandra, this is what happened. Literally a day later, I get a message from some of you will know Vanessa Perimal. She is in uh, PR, and she says, one of my clients is uh, wanting to give food specifically to Alexandra, specifically to Alexandra Township. 
And she says, Pastor Sai, do we have a church there? Can we get the food there? And I said, of course, I just got this need. Can we get this food there? And when this food was delivered, this is just the cherry on top. The lady, Mom Lizzie, it was her birthday. It was her birthday. So I get a voice call from her. She says, thank you, Pastor Sai, and for the church, and for your generosity in being with us. So we're talking with Pastor Alfred to see how we can continue to bless this family. Amen. God is at work. And this uh, other uh, picture there of Advocate Pulesiani, I just want to share Pulesilika. Thank you. I'm glad my wife is here to help me. Pulesiani is another friend. Pulesilika, Advocate, he was grilling the president on Wednesday at the Zondo Commission. Two things I want to highlight is for a president to subject themselves to that level of accountability, that counts for something. Our president may not be perfect, but the fact that he would go and be accountable, it counts for something. I believe that God is answering our prayers. The second thing I want to brag about is uh, Pule is a friend of mine from high school, and I led him to the Lord. I got to walk with him and disciple him. So when he was there and I was like listening to him, I mean, challenging the president, speaking truth to power with so much poise and excellence and honor, I was like, man, that's my boy. That's my boy. I mean, he, he was asking some of the questions I always wanted to ask the president. I mean, he was like, but the, Mr. President, you were the deputy president when the state capture happened. I was like... Got like this, you know, like, go. I'm so proud of him. But I want to remind you that when we disciple people, we don't know who they will be tomorrow. We better do a good job. We better do a good job. He's still saving the Lord. He's still standing for the truth, even to this day. So let's do well to disciple people. So as we go to uh, our text today, we are in Isaiah chapter 6, chapter 36. Let me remind you that as we go through the book of Isaiah, we really felt like we need to go to the meaty stuff of the gospel. You know, there's a time for milk and there's time for the meaty stuff of the kingdom. So as we do this uh, Isaiah series, I know for some of you it might be challenging to even read the book of Isaiah. You know, my family and I, we've been reading it from the ESV Bible and we realized, no, 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 it's too heavy. Let's change to the NLT the New Living Translation, to just help us with the language a little bit. And as you go through the devotional, you realize so much similarities between the Israelites and us. How we constantly disappoint God, and God constantly pursues us. How we constantly sin before God, and yet God continues to save us. So I hope you are trekking with us in this book of Isaiah. Uh, we started very well in Isaiah 6, talking about the fact that in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. Pastor Roger spoke so well about the redemption we have through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. In week two, we spoke about hope as a name, the name Jesus. We also spoke about losses. Pastor Lereko spoke so well about losses. I would encourage you to listen to the podcast or go on our YouTube channel. Watch that word. It will encourage you. And then uh, last week, uh, Chantel spoke about, do not go down to Egypt. Amen. How many of you were challenged by that word? 
I mean, so many people, even in my connect group, we were just unpacking this word and so, so challenged by that word. And today I want to build up, build from that platform. Our title today is, In Whom Do You Trust? In Whom Do You Trust? Another way of putting it is, uh, which voice is louder in your ear? Which voice is louder in your ear? Have you let the news and social media become louder than the Word of God? Have you let TikTok and YouTube and all these amazing platforms become louder than the Word of God? So today I want us to realize the power of this Word and bring back the power of this Word to transform lives. Have you let the voices of the enemy become louder in your ear than the voice of the Lord? So open with me in Isaiah chapter 36. I'll be reading from my Bible here, and it will also be on the screen. We are reading from verse 1, Isaiah 36. Please turn there with me. I'll give you time to do so. As we read from verse 1, the Bible says, in the 14th year of King Hezekiah, Sennacherib, the king of Assyria, came up against all the fortified cities of Judah, and he took them. Basically, he overcame them. And then the king of Assyria sent the Rabshakeh from Lachish to King Hezekiah at Jerusalem with a great army, and he stood by the conduit of the upper pool on the highway to the washer's field. And there came out to him Eliakim, the son of Hilkiah, who was over the household. Basically, he was the palace administrator. And then we come to the next one, which is Shebna, the secretary, who was the court secretary. And Joah, the son of Asaph, who was the recorder of the royal historian. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. We're going to continue reading this two chapters of Isaiah because I believe that there's some things that God wants to communicate to us from this word. Amen. I believe that God has something to speak to us this morning. From where we have read, we find that Israel, they find themselves in trouble again. Doesn't that sound familiar? They, 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 they have been warned so many times in the book of Isaiah to not go down to Egypt. And again here we find that now uh, Jerusalem has been surrounded because the other cities have been taken, captured. They have been ruined. And then we read here that when they got to Jerusalem, uh, something peculiar happens. Uh, the king sends these three gentlemen, Eliakim, who was the palace administrator. To me, if we were to translate it to today, I would say this is the minister in the presidency. Uh, this is the director general in the presidency. He was in charge of the palace. And the second one we read about here is Shebna, the court secretary, or the minister of communications. We get to the third one here, Shebna, the, 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 record, Asaph, the recorder, or you could say the royal historian or the minister of arts and culture. So you can see that the issue here is, it was a serious matter. He had to send a powerful delegation. And something interesting happens is that they came and stood at the conduit of the upper pool and the highway to the washer's field. I want to show you something very important here. 
the cities of old, they would have the big gates and they would be surrounded by walls. So what would normally happen is an army will come and face the city that they are about to conquer and try to push down the gates. In this case, they went to a conduit by the upper pool, which to me says that it was a weak area. It was a weak point that the enemy had found to be able to come in and attack Israel. So I want to submit to you that individually, or as a community, or as a nation, there are certain weak areas in our lives that we need to close the door. We need to close the conduit. We need to close the channel that the enemy has found as a weak point in our lives. Oh, look at this. What are the areas of weakness in your life that the enemy is using to attack you? And let's unpack this a little bit. For some of you, maybe you have opened the door in your life. Maybe you have opened the door that the enemy is using to attack you. Maybe you have opened the door that the enemy has realized that there are some strong areas of your lives, but this one area, the enemy is taking you out. The enemy is coming after that area. Let me give you a few examples of how we open the door for the enemy. You know, um, two weeks ago, I went to the licensing department to renew my license disc. Yeah, I can hear some of you can identify with uh, what I was going through already, right? I'm not even talking about renewing the license card, just the license disc. When I arrived there, just at the gate, you know, I didn't use the conduit, just at the gate, the guys who take photos, they come to me and they say, are you in a rush? Clearly they could see that, you know, I'm a man on a mission, you know. I think they target their guys. They can see when Leroko is coming, this is our guy, you know. They target you. I don't know, for whatever reason, they come and say, uh, you know what, we can help you. In 10 minutes, we can get this thing done for you, sorted out. And you know, in a few seconds, you, you, you deliberate, you debate with yourself, and you're like, 10 minutes, man, this sounds awesome. It sounds like the Lord, but that's the fake gods. I want to say to you, we don't realize how we get tempted and we open the door for the enemy. I, I decided not to take their offer. I went in, hallelujah, I can bring a good report, you know. And yes, I have had moments where, ah, Lord, you know. And then I go in and the whole thing is sorted out. But the Lord was ministering to me that we exacerbate corruption. We exacerbate the enemy's attacks by falling into the small things and open the door for the enemy. You know, another story that really encouraged me, a brother in the church tells me that he was changing jobs and he needed to upgrade or renew his uh, uh, work permit. And that's what happens when he was at the home affairs and uh, helped by his company to get uh, his work permit. Uh, the the, the high-ranking official, like the Rabshaker that we read about here, from the Assyrian army, said to him, you know what, I can help you. You don't have to go through all this process. I can get you married to a South African. I can just get you married to a South African, and then, boom, everything is sorted out. You got the spousal visa. And this brother said, no, I'm not going to go that way. I'm going to follow the, the law of the Lord. I'm going to follow the right ways of doing this, the law of the land. And guess what happens? His work permit gets sorted out, and his employer realized the kind of man that he is. He got a promotion at work. The Lord will honor you for closing the door 
The Lord will honor you for not allowing the enemy to come in. And, and the second thing is, right now, during the time of COVID, he got promoted again. Number two. Let me put it to you this way. The enemy will rob you of your blessing. The enemy will rob you of your blessing if you take shortcuts. I mean, this brother is so, so blessed because he honored the Lord. So let's continue. The enemy is threatening Israel in verse 4. And the Rabshakeh, that's a high-ranking official, said to them, Say to Hezekiah, thus says the great king, the king of Assyria, On what do you rest this trust of yours? Wow. Do you think that mere words are strategy and power for war? In whom do you trust that you have rebelled against me? Behold, you are trusting in Egypt. You are trusting in Egypt. You are going down to Egypt. That broken reed of a staff which will pierce the hand of any man who leans on it. Such is Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, to all who trust him. But if you say to me, we trust in the Lord our God, is it not whose high places and altars Hezekiah has removed, saying to Judah and to Jerusalem, you shall worship before this altar? If we pause there for a little bit, you can see the word trust is repeated seven times in five verses. Trust is a powerful word, and we know that in Scripture, whenever there's repetition, it's for emphasis. So right here, the enemy is threatening Israel and saying, who are you going to trust? Who are you going to put your trust? Are you going to trust in the Lord or are you going to take your shortcuts? Are you going to put your trust in your boss? Are you going to put your trust in your career? Are you going to put your trust in your bank balance? Where are you going to put your trust? Especially when times are like this, it is times when we are tempted to take shortcuts without trusting the Lord that he will come through for us. Will we trust God? Will we let the voice of the Lord be louder than the voice of the enemy? You know, the last part there where it says, we, tr we, we trust in the Lord our God. It is not he whose high places and altars Hezekiah has removed. You know, the, the Rab Shekha made a mistake to think that when Hezekiah destroyed the altars, it was altars of God. But actually Hezekiah's reforms was destroying the altars that the previous kings had placed for the gods and the shrines. I want to say to you that we are trusting God for leaders who will destroy the altars that the previous leaders have enacted in our land. We are trusting God that those altars will be destroyed. Amen. Like Hezekiah who destroyed the altars. He was basically closing the conduit, closing the door. I want to speak to men this morning. If you have opened the door in your family, today is time to close the door. Today is time for you to destroy those altars that you have allowed in your family. If you have uh, uh, moved out of God's covenant, it's time to come back to the covenant of God. Uh, look at this. Look at this verse 8. Come now, make a wager, make a deal with my master, the king of Assyria. I will give you... 2,000 horses. Wow. Temptations, temptations. I will give you 2,000 horses if you are able to have on your part to set riders on them. How can, then, how can then you repulse a single captain among the least of my master servants when you trust in Egypt for chariots and horsemen? The enemy will always 
make deals with you. So be careful that you don't fall for his fake promises and his empty promises. Do not fall for empty promises. Look at this, verse 16. Do not listen to Hezekiah, the enemy speaking. For thus says the king of Assyria, make your peace with me and come out to me. Then each one of you will eat his own vine and each one of you his own fig tree. And each one of you will drink the water of his own cistern. Verse 17. Until I come and take you away to a land like your own land. Let me just pause there. Until I come and take you from this land to another land like your own land. Can you see there's something wrong with that picture? The enemy is saying, I'm taking you from this land to a better land, but actually that land is exactly like what you already have. So I want to speak to you that sometimes you think the grass is greener on the other side without realizing that you are blessed right where you are. Don't fall for the voice of the enemy to say that it's better on the other side. Stay with the covenant that you're in. God will bless you in that covenant. God will bless you in that covenant. Do not fall for the enemy's lies. Stay where you are. Stay right there. The blessing of the Lord is right where you are. Do not go down to Egypt. Do not fall for the voice of the enemy. Let's jump to chapter 37. See how he responded. Hezekiah, as soon as he heard this, as soon as King Hezekiah heard, he tore his clothes and covered himself with sackcloth and went into the house of the Lord. He went to the house of the Lord. Amen. And he sent Eliakim, who was over the household, the minister in the presidency, went to Shebna and sent also the senior priests. They sent now the senior Muruti, the senior pastor, because the, the matter has become too serious. A time comes when you have to replace the, the voices of government officials with the voice of the Lord. We need a senior priest to go for us. I think of Chief Justice Mohueng Mohueng and a few others who become voices of reason in our nation today. Covered with sackcloth, send them to Prophet Isaiah, son of Omos. They said to him, thus says Hezekiah, this is the day of distress, of rebuke and disgrace. Children have come to a point of birth and there is no strength to bring them forth. You know, when you read it in the NLT, it says it's like a mother who has come to a place of birth but does not have strength to give birth. So some of us, I feel the Holy Spirit is saying to us, because we have partnered with the enemy, we have carried dreams and we've aborted dreams. We have carried dreams and instead of bringing those dreams forth, we have actually aborted the plan of God for our lives. It's time to pick up the, the dreams and the visions that God has for your life. When we choose to trust in him, he will come through for us. Verse 4, it may be that the Lord your God will hear the words of the Rabshakeh, whom his master, the king of Assyria, has sent to mock the living God and rebuke his words. You know, that was just the first threat. That was the first threat. Look at the voice of the Lord in response to the threat. When the servants of the king of Hezekiah came to Isaiah, Isaiah said to them, Say to your master, thus says the Lord, do not be afraid because of the words you have heard. Do not be afraid. 
And I, I want to say that if you haven't done a word search on the fear of the Lord, if you go and search the fear of the Lord, you can even Google it. The fear of the Lord, I mean, the fear God, the words do not be afraid, is mentioned 365 times in the Bible. So it means that you have no other day left to be afraid. All the days of your life, every day of the year, God is saying to you, do not be afraid. It is when we choose to trust God, when we choose to uphold His voice and make His voice louder in our ears, we will not be afraid. The best way to describe courage is it's fear that has said its prayers. Courage, it's fear that has said its prayers. So what I mean by that is, yes, there are times when we feel fearful, but because we pray, courage rises. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. You know, um, <laughs> that was just the first threat. The second threat was a written threat. So they gave back feedback to Sennacherib, the king of Assyria, and now uh, the, 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 the king of Assyria says, who is this guy, Hezekiah? Let's pick it up in verse 10 of chapter 37. Thus says the Lord, you shall speak to Hezekiah, king of Judah. Do not let your God in whom you trust, the word trust, deceive you by promising that Jerusalem will not be given into the land of the king of Assyria. Behold, you have heard what the king of, kings of Assyria have done to all the lands, devoting them to destruction. Now, I want to show you something very important here. When you continue to read, he gives the CV of his predecessors and how they've destroyed the other lands. But the mistake he's making is he's not reading the CV of the Lord of hosts. He's not reading the CV of Jehovah Jireh, the Lord our provider. He's not reading the CV of Jehovah Shammah, the God omnipresent God. He is not reading Jehovah Mkadesh, the Lord our rest, our Sabbath. He's not reading the Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Rophe. I encourage you when you start upholding the word of God, you will not let the enemy threaten you with his CV because you have read the CV of the Almighty God. Ooh, time is not with me. Let's go to verse 14. Let's go to verse 14. Hezekiah receives the threat. The Bible says Hezekiah received the threat from the hand of the messengers and read it. And Hezekiah went up to the house of the Lord again. He went to the house of the Lord, not to Egypt. And he spread it before the Lord. He spread the letter before the Lord. You know, I believe for some of you, God is saying that letter from SARS, bring it before the Lord. That letter of divorce, bring it before the Lord. That letter from your bank, bring it before the Lord. Whatever the letter may be that the enemy is trying to threaten you, spread it before the Lord. Spread it before the Lord. I like how Hezekiah prayed, Hezekiah in verse 15. He prayed to the Lord, O Lord of hosts. The word host is the God of angel armies. The God of heaven angel armies. Jehovah, save heart. In verse 17 it says, incline your ear, O Lord, and hear our prayers. Hear and open your eyes, O Lord. Let's jump to verse 21. Then Isaiah, the son of Amos, sent to Hezekiah, saying, again, the, Lord, the voice of the Lord. Thus says the Lord of God of Israel, because you have prayed to me, 
concerning Sennacherib. This is what the Lord is going to do. Let's jump to verse 36, see what God is doing. Because he has prayed. Because you have prayed. It says in verse 36, the angel of the Lord went out and struck down 185,000. He killed, slaughtered 185,000 in the camp of Assyria. And when the people arose in the morning, behold, they were all dead bodies. Then Sennacherib, king of Assyria, departed and returned home and lived in Nineveh. And he was worshipping in the house of Nisroch, his god, Adramelech and Shereza, his sons, struck him down with the sword. And after they escaped to, into the land of Ararat, Eshadon, his son, reigned in his place. Two things that are important happened here. And I believe God is saying to us, Hezekiah went to the house of the Lord and he was saved. Sennacherib went to the house of his God and he was assassinated. Choose who you are going to believe. Choose who you are going to trust. Are you going to trust the God who will save or are you going to trust the gods of this world who make fake promises? Who are you going to believe? I mean, we spoke about the Lord of heaven's angel armies. He sends one angel, one angel to take out 185,000 of Assyrian armies. One angel. May I remind you that we are surrounded by angels. You know, the enemy will try and do everything that he can. The Lord has a final say. The enemy does not have a final say. Only when the Lord says, okay, it's Job, you can touch him, that's fine. But if the Lord does not lift his hand, we are surrounded. We are surrounded. With all this in mind, I have three questions to ask you. In whom do you trust? What are the altars that you need to destroy and covenants that you need to nullify? Which voice will you make louder in your ear? You know, I get this question. Before we pray, how do you make the voice of the Lord louder in your ear? There's no other way except from reading this word. There's no other way. What we need to do is we need to make the word intake bigger than the news intake. My burden today is that our kids are discipled by TikTok and YouTube and Facebook and Instagram, but, by no, but not by the word of God. My burden today is that it's become unfashionable to read the Word of God. The only way to actually make the voice of God louder in our ears is when we uphold this Word. When we read this Word, when we speak this Word, when we pray this Word. You know, every morning when I wake up to pray with this revival prayer that we have on Zoom, I feel like we are closing the door. I feel like it's going to be said of us because you have prayed. Because you upheld the word, because you prayed the word, all these things did not happen. Let us stand to pray. And for those who are joining us online, let me challenge you to stand with us to pray. We're going to pray this prayer that, Lord, we want to uphold your word. We want to close the door to the enemy. We want to close the door to the enemy's plans and how he's tried to make us go down to Egypt and believe the voice of the enemy versus trusting the voice of God. 
God's voice is to be trusted. God's voice is to be trusted. Father, I pray, Isaiah 35, the word of God says in Isaiah 35, strengthen the weak hands and make firm the feeble knees. Say to those with an anxious heart, be strong, fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance. He will recompense. He will come and save you. Our God will come and save us. God, I know that you will come and save us. I know that we are not alone. You are with us, God. Through the storm, through the rain, we are not alone. You are with us, Father God. Help us to close the channels that we've opened. Help us to close the doors that we've opened. Help us to close, Father God, what the enemy has tried to come in to ruin our lives with fake promises and empty promises. I pray in the mighty name of Jesus Christ that God will choose to trust in you. Destroy the altars that we've erected. May we nullify the covenants we've entered in. And finally, may we make your voice louder in our ears. In Jesus' name, amen.